Hey everybody, today uh, we have with us uh, Nimit Jain and uh, Nimit, uh, welcome to our podcast and can you uh, briefly introduce uh, yourself and your journey? Sure, thanks for having me Krishna. Um, uh, hi, I'm Nimit. I currently work as an AVP product at Jekison. Um, side of my journey as an entrepreneur in Bangalore, building a B2C product to help people pin and talk about places which are not on the web. So essentially think about places food places or sari places or biking spots that local people knew about, but you don't, you can't find them on the web, right? Uh, at least not by searching them, right? So we, our job was to index all of that uh, by creating communities, uh, community, a community platform, which also had a geolocation piece to it. So yeah, I mean, uh, started from there, um, I had fun building that product out, taking it from zero to burning it three times and getting to a bit of PMF about on, across two and a half years. And then um, uh, we had to wrap it up uh, into uh, you know, fundraising issues. And then I moved on to doing product-led growth across uh, organizations like Zoomcar, Big Basket, Slice, and then uh, most recently at Jackie Sun. So yeah, I think, yeah, I started with the founder role and now uh, um, was an IC across these orgs. Uh, slice onwards, I started taking a managerial kind of uh, you know roles. And now at Jackison, I'm uh, fully into that space uh, where I'm just working with the CXOs, figuring out what to do next. So yeah, that's that's a bit about my journey. <laughs> yeah, as I was looking into your LinkedIn profile, I was seeing the you know the span, the the kind of uh, things that you've been doing. Uh, so what's the spark? What's the spark? I think my compass throughout. Um, in fact, even in the early days when I decided to leave Cognizant and start my own startup. So, I mean, maybe you don't know, but I, my first job was at Cognizant, I was there for three months. And then I thought of coming to Bangalore, live, lived in my bachelor's living room for, I don't know how long, trying to figure out my next thing. And from there on, I think always my compass has been, hey, what is that I can do with my time, which has a net positive impact in a common man's life down the line. So I think that's the, that's the piece I keep in my head. So I think uh, when I started my startup, the idea was, hey, how can I help local businesses uh, kind of, you know, get more footfall, get more revenue without being, uh, without them waiting on the internet, business, internet platforms, you know, uh, being ready for them. And then across the other organization I worked with, Lens always that, hey, um, uh, one, um, how can I become better at the craft? But I think that's, that's, that goes the same for any product professional, but more importantly, my North Star was, hey, um, how can I essentially help this organization or product uh, widen their impact, right? So at Zoomcar, for example, my my goal was how can I help um, more folks host Zoomcar cars in their home, right? And make more revenue out of it, um, push the ecosystem towards sustainability. Like Big Basket is about helping farmers and the whole supply chain. Um, uh, so, and yeah, I think that's that's the compass that keeps, keeps driving me that, hey, uh, uh, can I use my time to help uh, people um, uh, um, in the end of the day. The only, only catch is I don't look at short-term kind of impact all the time because if, if, I, if you just do that, then you look for social enterprises, right? Uh, the way I look at it is hey, even if I'm working on a, you know, um, AI hardware solution, how can I unlock tremendously high, you know, huge use cases down the line for the common man? I think that's, that's, that's what keeps me going throughout. Um, yeah. So, uh, what I could kind of, you know, get a common thread uh, 
in in all these experiences that you said is yeah. i think you, you were asking the larger question of um not just from a pnl point of view but how do i change lives correct right absolutely um, absolutely so how how does one get this attitude <laughs> one i think it's not a easy attitude to go in because then you end up questioning everything you're doing so but yeah i mean the way to get to it is just be super curious about what you're doing right um um essentially the two ways to operate as a specialist product professional you can stop your curiosity at a point where you know everything you need to know to deliver a metric impact that's level 1 level 2 the advanced level is about uh, whatever i'm being tasked to do or i see as a opportunity to unlock uh what is the meaning of it what's the end goal of it right and that's when you start going into that whole philosophical um uh, you know debate slash inquiry with the leadership so i think if one you have to decide at what point of career you want to go to level 2 because it's not always helpful to do that but once you know that hey you've gotten the basic chops um you know as a professional to execute um the way to go to level 2 is just uh, don't think the face value you know uh, the moment you are tasked with hey i want to run this flash sale or i want to push revenue by doing this particular campaign just keep asking hey how does it i mean the framework i have used is how does it help us right now how does it help us in the next 6 months and how does it in the next 5 years right i think those three questions have generally helped me distill um or reject things um you know at the level of whether I, whether or not i want to work with the organization at that level as well as whether or not this project makes sense for me to take on to myself right so i think uh, yeah those three questions but just being judicious about when to use not use is what i would suggest to your <laughs> listeners because once you go to that mode is no coming back then you just end up questioning everything to the depth and um it may become tricky early in your career because the folks working it will not have all the answers themselves <laughs> so yeah that's that's my general take on that yeah, so um, did you largely kind of crystallize your thought on this uh, post you started uh, you know getting into a leadership role um good question i think it mattered a lot when i started transitioning towards a leadership role uh because without that sense i could not help my org and my 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 folks take the right call uh but i think the thinking was there from the start so it's it's like under the leadership road kicked in i was not able to utilize this frame this understanding or framework as much because hey there's so much you can do as an ic right you would you would share your objection then you disagree and commit to it right when i started to answer the leadership road that's when i had a voice on the table and could could take it further ahead you know all the way to cx suite ki hey guys why right but i think uh, my startup journey was what uh, kind of switched my head towards it so essentially we burned the product two times burned that is we built something and totally kind of burned it to the ground and repositioned and built it again i think that's when i slowly started realizing that it's not about shipping so like every starry eyed first time founder i was just building 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 and just seeing and we had a bunch of um, early adopters right so there was a bias ki hey if it's working for them it's going to work for the world right by the third iteration i realized that um hey you need to if you want to go beyond that early adopter segment you need to find a meaning a soul in your product right because the folks outside the intern that quick circle they would not care about 
uh, your strategy. They would care about what it means to them, right? Uh, and they think short term, long term, mid term, that kind. So I think that's when it start the seed that framework started setting in my head. But yeah, when the leadership role kicked in, that's when I was like, ah, oh, this is my time <laughs> to finally kind of, you know, one get to the depth of my questions, get the answers, and also kind of uh, not disagree and commit all the time. Um, actually, take it back and uh, uh, I mean, as an example, there were in, there have been instances where it became so intense uh, that a particular leadership fellow uh, had to go, uh, uh, right? Uh, because the whole debate was he was just not comfortable with it, so he decided to move to a different section uh, space altogether, right? Uh, but yeah, I think that that's good for the organization in a, in a way. But yeah, that's that's how it worked out for me. Yeah, that's quite uh, deep. And I think uh, what you mean is once you understand the why part of it, you go all in. And you then... go all in. Exactly. 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 Right. Um, uh, otherwise, you just you wait for your time. Wait for the right time. <laughs> right. So how how way uh, your, your Cognizant was your first uh, corporate job, is it? It was, yes. Okay. And then Campus you... placements. Sorry? Campus placement. Campus placement, yes. <laughs> I think mine would know. <laughs> yeah, I think and then from, me go a long way. And and then from there you jumped the Project Forest. Is, is that is that the right uh, chronology? Project Forest was a uh, I would say is a hobby project. It it wasn't a formal gig or a startup per se. Uh, so the story was that um, um, like I was telling you, I just uh, gave up on Kongs and came to Bangalore, started figuring out what to do next. Um, so during the time, the person I was living with, my batchmate. He is a computer engineer, so we were just debating and hey, what's what what cool product could we build just for the sake of it, you know, just for something that we could use ourselves. So, Project Forest uh, essentially was a side gig that arose from the a need that while we are researching on the web, uh, there's no way for us to trace where which path we came in, right? Because you end up opening multiple tabs and you go in the rabbit hole. You've seen right, you go from one tab to twenty five tabs and then it just becomes a mess. Right. Uh, so we want to just visualize that journey uh, for ourselves. It was the project that we built for uh, for both of us to use um, uh, and visualize the journey, help us track back to those pages, tabs, and then highlight stuff and just for our own usage. And then we start then we start exposing it to PhD guys at IIT Roorkee, uh, uh, VC fellows, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and just kept it running for a while. But yeah, that, that was it. Uh, my actual uh, next job after Cognizant though was uh, was at a startup called um, iShipo. Um, it's no longer uh, it does not exist anymore. Uh, back then they were building a Dunzo um, for Bangalore, but Dunzo powered by real people. Essentially, they had they were wanted to ship packages by people who were traveling across the city. You're going from Whitefield to Gormangla, and then you can just pick a package for me, drop it at the, the common junction, and the other person pick it up. So very fancy, hyper-local logistics idea powered by people was 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 their play. Uh, so that was my first job, uh, truly, after Cognizant. But yeah, and that's where on things went. Yeah. So how many such uh, projects have you uh, been doing, like Project Forest, the, the sideline? <laughs> uh, I think there were three things that I remember post-college. Project Forest was a Chrome extension uh, to manage your research. Then um, Cookie Express is uh, been uh, it's been a I would say a half a decade old side gig for me, where essentially uh, I've been helping my mom uh, 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 
share her bakery skills with the world right so she's essentially a self taught baker i would say uh, who developed a specific mastery in uh, baking with uh, millets and baking with without sugar and all those you know super healthy spectrum so she used to send stuff in my college i think limit has been doing d2c when it was not Uh, fancy, uh, I think oh, yeah. Yeah. his yeah. mom has been using millets when it was not the trend. So I, I was lucky to uh, be a customer, and of course, uh, Nimit. Uh, we go long back uh, to college, right? So I think Nimit always had this entrepreneurship. Uh, uh, I would say Kira, and I think uh, that's what uh, uh, I was always amazed and inspired by Nimit. Right? So he has been doing so many things, and now he has become a leader as well. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that's humble of you, man. Well, well, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it was almost uh, it was the D two C business back then. Um, uh, so yeah, we that's that's one gig where we just you know ship our products across India, even to the US. Uh, we have now taken a pause for a bit, but yeah, that's again. And the third thing was for this business, I there were a bunch of challenges we were facing in terms of managing. uh the shipping labels uh getting certain documents for shipping etc etc so i built a chrome extension uh sat over a weekend built a chrome extension just to solve for those things uh label it's called i call it uh, uh um, label maker pro something uh a fun free uh kind of extension uh yeah i think that's it couple of projects um, on the on the side uh post that i have spent more time on writing so wrote a book on uh, personalization product personalization uh so i think switched a little from products to uh, i think i would say um what should i say knowledge products <laughs> so yeah um yeah that those are the bunch of things that i got to do uh, luckily over this time awesome to so, nimit uh, you have been uh, as you mentioned right you've done a lot of bunch of projects and now you've sort of started your career as an ic and then moved to leadership role right so mm-hmm. uh, i'm personally also sort of going through that journey where i was an ic and uh, trying to become a uh, move to a product leader role right so uh, what what were your challenges how have you sort of coped up Uh, uh with uh, uh being so personally i go through uh, the most uh, difficult thing that i go through is that once you are so good at execution and you it becomes your comfort zone slowly you have to let go right and that's that's the biggest challenge for most of the people and that's where they are not able to migrate from yeah. an executional role yeah. and that's why you you don't see a lot of great managers right yeah. so uh, what has been your journey what are your learnings what are your challenges and what are the key things that you have cracked and what are you sort of working on sure sure a great question i think i think the primary piece has been the delegation bit right because when you are working hands on you know how to do things you have that you get the comfort zone with engineers the designers you have that rhythm and suddenly you have to you know almost outsource it to someone right uh, that especially when you switching organizations you have you don't know that person right you just you you got thrown in and you're trying to figure that repo so i think that was one how do i make sure that uh, my team you know takes care of the details to the right degree that i would care right because certain details certain pieces of the product or execution bit you need to go really deep on certain bits you can let go of right um certain pieces you need to build a narrative and explain the rationale certain pieces you need to skip that so i think i obviously came with my approach to things and i think 
um, bringing up my new team, executing team to up to that kind of a framework uh, and approach is was initial, you know, shocker almost. Okay, it took me six months almost to figure out how to make these guys comfortable with that, right? And also figure out a middle point for myself. So I think um, that was one. Um, second so, was so, uh, on. Yeah. So on delegation, right? So did you sort of set up? So I think it's primarily trusting the other folks to do the job as well as you would, right? And that's the uh, primary problem. And and PMs in general are expected to have trust issues, right? So this sort of very counter uh, to what you have been trained uh, to do. And then you are now supposed to say, let go, expect someone to do the same job. So did you sort of set up some processes uh, or some, so maybe you can sort of slightly go a little deep on the processes, right? Because that's something which uh, I would, as a listener, like to understand and maybe implement some of the things that I can pick from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I think a couple of things. One was, um, see, every leader comes with their own style of working, right? And there's no good or bad style to it, right? And so what I realize is I need to shadow. One is... I cannot just go from zero to hundred in terms of delegation. It has to be a step. It has to be a gradual flow. So step one was uh, delegating something to let's say my my SPM. Hey, go and figure this out with the with the engineers, the designers, and all I would do is just shadow those calls, right? Uh, in the first I would say two months, and just shadow in the sense that I would just be a fly on the wall, listening into their conversations and making notes. Hey, where does this person? skipped a certain step in the conversation or they did not touch on something that they should have right and then essentially having a weekly cadence where i would just come up with these notes ki, hey uh, monday you had this kickoff call tuesday had the design review across these calls i noticed that uh, you did this thing differently uh, here's my rationale for doing it slightly more differently for higher impact and this is my reason what do you think Right, I passed the buck back to them because I think the framework I built was when I was in their shoes, I would want to listen to a leader who will help me grow as a product professional. It's not about hey, do better work. It's about how can you help me become better in general, right? So I think I, I, that lens helped me a lot in getting you know being comfortable with letting go, but also keeping control on that feedback loop, right? Uh, while also empowering them to do things because one of the risks. A bad way to do this, um, I think, is you go sit on the same table with them, and then you take the lead the conversation, and them just you know becoming flies on the wall, and here you're just pulling them in once in a while, right? I think uh, that's the wrong way. A better approach is you throw them in the deep end, but just be there to figure out, listen in, and mentor them, you know, on a particular cadence, and just figure out, uh, let them figure out. Hey, uh, this. The approach you took would lead to this down the line. This is my experience. What do you think? Right, and then we keep a running dog, and they slowly improve over time. So I think simple so approach qualities have worked out really well. Uh, okay. Don't want to make it too intimidating. Hey, hey, I'm giving you direct feedback on the call with the EM, or I'm giving you notes parallelly on Slack. No, structured, very calm coffee conversation where there's there's open ended things. So that, that, I think that's one piece. Uh, uh it worked well uh slowly kind of ramp up on that yeah. 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 i think great point uh, i think so so to summarize effectively observing the strengths and weaknesses of the team and sort of trying to guide them um, on and maybe showing them a path on how can they become better right so i think that's 
if yeah. you sort of try to put it out in such a way that uh, this feedback actually helps them grow over a period of time so i think yeah. that's the best it's just one one nuance to your last phrase debating on a right path because i told them boss even i have not been a leader all my life i've just got into this role so very really upfront about it i also just jumped into this role so the path definition that i know may not be the best part out there so it's debate um don't think of me as a senior person mm-hmm. think of me as a peer and then we align on the right path so just one mm-hmm. wants makes sense makes uh, sense definitely. Uh, yeah. so nimit uh, the challenge that i see with uh, many folks who go from an ic to a managerial or a leadership role mm-hmm. um is the ability to reach the point to realize that they need to start delegating correct right so um how was your journey sure um i was uh, lucky because my um i was not thrown into a leadership role right away like it wasn't a like a step change um i was first given a bit of a 60 40 kind of a role where 40% was ic and 60% was managerial and then on my next organization i was i was i went all the way to 100 right but um i think even in the previous setting the the approach to go from um, hey i want to do something or everything on my own to hey why don't you go and tackle it and let's just touch base once in a month to make sure you're on the right track i think <laughs> there was no real uh, in my case it was uh, more about constraints than realization right so basically i was owning let's say 10 charters right there was just no time for me to do everything on my own so i was by structure i was forced to delegate so that's one because i think if you leave it to realization never happens anyway from whatever whoever i've seen in my life they end up become a very senior leader who take everything on on their own uh but they really realize that they need to delegate so i think in my case it was forced because of the number of charter that i had to take care of right um um the where the realization for me kicked in is when i saw that oh uh, the folks are doing a better job than me in creating impact right that's that was the point of realization for me that he certain pieces where um i would have loved to be an ic myself when i delegated and gets told them the overall ropes give them the ropes and overall you know guiding light and manage the stakeholder conversation with them they did a much better job than me in delivering them because so that was a realization for me that hey initially i was forced to delegate because i had to chew to a lot but then if done right you can 10x your personal impact through you know structured delegation so uh i think it was one project in the start where uh, essentially dynamic was something like uh, this person knew how the stakeholders thought about the product and the long term roadmap so they were able to connect much better with they were able to hit the bullseye much faster than me who just came into the organization so they were able to hit that they were able to get the sign ups really fast they were able to figure out the nuances of the audience really much faster than me so i think that's when i started slowly realizing that hey uh, i should add one more lens to my approval work as in am i the best guy to take this particular you know thesis or project to completion or there is a better person than me who can do a job and i can just unblock them uh, and that would be a, and which would be a better value addition for my side so i think it just went gradually so i think when i joined um slice uh, this was slice history that i was just covering uh joined when it was 100% ic then slowly project after project uh we went from i would say 90 10 to 60 40 uh 
kind of a ratio over time. But yeah, it was all hinged on the realization that, hey, uh, there are folks who can do a better job than me. So why not uh, help them become better PMs while they're at it and um, uh, 10x my direct impact on their KPI through them. So I think, yeah, that was my general story. Uh, across the next org, uh, my current org, where I was, I had to go straight to the leadership role. I think um, uh, for me, it, uh, delegation was um, diff slightly difficult. Because we were, you know, we have been in a stage where uh, we have crossed a zero to one journey, but uh, we had to prove the one to ten journey really quickly, right? And the team was just not up to it in terms of they were very early PMs, have not done the scale work, they've just done the bank banking backgrounds or uh, consultancy backgrounds, so they didn't know what to do. So my hunch was, hey, first three months, let me just do everything myself. Let me set the foundation, and then they pick it up. Because if this thing goes sideways, I'll be at a huge risk. Uh, in six months, right? I think there was a bias for me to quietly be IC, like from for the organization. Still, hey, I'm I'm managing these guys, but still internally be an IC was was a bias for me. Uh, but then I quickly realized that um, uh, once I started going into the deep end, figuring out what to build, shipping things, I I, I realized that uh, it's just not gonna scale. Like I think one month in, I realized that oh, I can do things, but it's just not going to scale. This is too much to cover. So I think it was one of those uh, field trips, and I went to Chhattisgarh for a field trip, and then I realized I had to do the user research there and also manage the projects to ship. And I'm like, I can't do both. Impossible, right? Uh, and if I still keep on that IC lens, uh, the organization will be hurt over time, right? Uh, so that's when I strictly realized, hey, I need to level these folks up. I can't build a foundation of, and create something stable for them to jump on. I have to rather go the other way, which is um, uh, take them from 10 to 100 uh, using these feedback loops, this this rational discussion, all of that, and uh, uh, risk it for the next three months, three or four months until they get to that point. So I think, yeah, yeah, that's been um, my experience so far on the transition piece. Uh, not ideal, but uh, yeah, I think regardless <laughs> yeah i mean i i like the elicitation that you um, gave when you joined the new organization you realize that although you have a team uh, and you're a leader but you had to play that ic role because that was the need of in the org yeah. right Correct. so that differentiation and able to take that decision uh, looking yeah. at the business situation and your team's capability i think uh, that's like uh, you know super important absolutely <laughs> tricky calls but yeah important to take <laughs> yeah so when you're hiring, um, what, how do you um, pick the candidates? What do you look out for? So it depends on what, um, what um, I would say, um, kind of role I'm hiring for. If it's for a pure IC role, um, let's say it's an APM and all the way until PM2, uh, where you are independently owning a charter, PM2 even SPM, I think I just um, look for two broad things among basic standard things. Um, the, your, your depth of curiosity, right? Uh, uh, how deep are you able to go into a completely alien space to figure out the fundamentals there, right? Uh, so that's one. Second is articulation. Um, I know there's multiple schools of thought there. Hey, this one might be great at problem solving, execution, but they may not be as fluent with spoken English or written English, blah, blah, blah. 
But my point of view is, it's not about how well you speak a language. It's about how well you are able to articulate and strung string together your thoughts to a rash from a rational discussion perspective, right? So I think those are two P zeros for me. Uh, how curious you can be about a space, uh, even though you're not passionate about. It. I think that's a bit is super important for me. Even if you're not passionate about it, how can be curious about it? And second. How can are you articulate enough about what you're finding and what you're facing and what you're thinking through, right? Um, uh, and uh, I think during the interview loops, uh, try to give them something which actually taps on these two pieces, right? Like give them a complete, complete different problems that they never would have thought about, right? They may not even care about that problem space or the customer, but let's see how I like to see um how they navigate that on the, these two pieces when it comes to slightly more um, mid career roles mid mid level roles right like let's say a uh, um spm to gpm ppm kind of a role uh, i think their um uh, additional lens um that kicks in is stakeholder management i mean stakeholder management is expected across all the folks but especially important for folks who are up in the ladder uh, right, uh, stakeholder and narrative. Sorry, two things: stakeholder manager and narrative management. Uh, I think the, the, the both of, both these things are very important and different. I explain why. Stakeholder management is the common thing, which is how do you manage stakeholders? How do you manage your engineering folks, design folks, etc. Et My special nuance there is to figure out hey, how would you get not just manage them, how do you get them excited about what you're working on? Right? Do you have that caliber? to get them excited about something which is super boring, right? Something which they would not want to do even in, you know, even in the worst of their dreams, but how can you get them pumped to do that, right? So that's that bit on the stakeholder management is something I look for, right? Or, and it stretches all the way to the leadership and CXO level. How can you get folks excited to listen to your story, your narrative or explanation, whatever you want to do, right? Uh, narrative management is essentially, um, Folks generally tend to lean on senior people to manage, hey, uh, manage the narrative around, hey, what are we going to achieve this quarter, next quarter? Why are we going to do that? What's the rationale to pick this, not that, all of that stuff, right? And uh, over time, I've realized is if you delegate it to people up the top of the food chain, then you're just executing day to day, right? You, you, uh, and then what happens is if you are faced with a new requirement or opportunity, you're just not able to navigate it. You just hand it up to the top of the food chain, say, you figure out whether I shouldn't work it or not, work on it or not, right? And that may work for a bigger organization, let's say a Flipkart or a PTM, where there's enough layers and protocols set up. It does not work for smaller, smaller mid-sized organizations where the PMs um, themselves have to take a call, right? When the business call, folks reach out to them over 12 in the night, yeah, I want this solved, right? Either they can be sure, I'll just get back to you the timeline, and what they do is they ping me on ping a leader on WhatsApp, hey, what should I do about it? There is more day. Mode B is you understand the current narrative that you are going by as an organization, right? But right now we are focusing, let's say, uh, at organization like ours, let's say I think we could be just focusing on solving for recollections or portfolio quality. You're not focusing on acquisitions or partnership or anything, right? So if the narrative is clear, you can and you can own that narrative in front of everyone across the org, you become a superhero. Right, because you are able to unblock or speed up initiatives really well without needing me to come in or needing a leader to come in and micromanage them. Right, so I think those are some things I look at, uh, um, um, you know, across the interviews uh, for senior folks. 
he uh, apart from just being curious and being articulate can you also uh, allow me not to be present there with you all the time right and uh, interface with folks just by holding on to the narrative and fighting against it fighting for it sorry <laughs> so yeah that's that's uh, those are a couple of things i look at uh, talking to folks i love the way uh, you broke this down into 2 plus 2 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it gives a lot of clarity um, for folks to look out to because it's it's not just about product sense, but it goes beyond uh, that. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. do you have any tips of how um, the 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 kind of listeners that we have are um, mm-hmm. mixed? There are people who want to get into product management, and there are mm-hmm. people who are already in product management and who want to get into leadership. Um, sure. So, maybe if from a curiosity and an articulation point of view. Mm-hmm. um uh what i mean how would if if someone approaches you and asks you that hey can you guide me how do i get better there um do you have any thoughts on that sure um i think within curiosity bit um uh, a simple way to get started there is uh not to stop on asking questions until you are able to explain the entire situation on your own to some let's say a third party there's something called a mom test for example where you uh, mike is laughing because i think it's very common across the space spiky i think is being using that quite a bit but um, essentially keep asking questions until you're able to explain the whole of this whole of the situation all of the problem or opportunity to someone who completely is unaware of the space right so i think that's one lens i mean people call it the five wise approach as well so a bunch of frameworks but in my opinion you should keep saying you should look for the outcome that hey have i understood it to the point that i can casually explain it over coffee to someone else and they may not be able to help me with the answer but they can say oh i got it as as from a situational perspective right so that means that you would need to boil, be able to boil it down to the basics right if, because if you're telling it to your mom she won't care about that your system broke and there was a release in last night or whatever she's going to care about why it broke why it is important uh what can we do to fix it blah 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 right so see so i think that's one way to judge how curious you are because people who are not super curious they just look for the first two answers okay uh uh i want to unlock this particular opportunity this is how to go about it uh which means i have to build a feature that's it okay thank you let me write a pid around it right but the moment you go and explain to outsider they'll ask hey it's why why are you building this and then you wouldn't have the answers so i think that's one initial way to get started on the curiosity front on the articulation bit i think um, one i think stand one i think p0 p0 tip here is always do long form content never especially i think early caribbean they lean towards slide decks or bullet based uh, kind of you know documentation that's the worst thing you can do for articulation right whenever you're trying to articulate anything even a rca for a small issue that happened in the morning always do long form structured long form content right um that itself will force you to make sure that you have covered all the holes in your you know thinking in your coverage in your in your in your articulation of the entire situation right so that's one second is um um try to um uh, uh, is going to say on the articulation bit um see if you are able to uh, grip people's attention on whatever note you have written 
right? So because let's say there are two types of PRDs. One PRD is sure it's long form, obviously, but it's more about hey, we need to do this, do that, and there's a lot of lot of lack of but yarn, right? The second one goes into storytelling. It explains why this is a problem, why I'm going to do this. So it grips you as a reader, right? And you want to keep reading until the end. So I think that's a test for your articulation skills. If you're able to articulate in a long form, articulate in a way that people want to, to read until the end, even if they have not, they, they do not care about the space, they do not even understand the space, but they still want to see what's next. Well, you're building up to something. There must be something interesting down the line, right? If they're reading that, that means your articulation is spot on, right? And in my career so far, what I've seen is even if, let's say, an EM has built a document around architecture design, which is a deep engineering-based concept, if it's articulated really well, even a APM would want to understand it and question it. But if it's not articulated really well, they'll just say, oh, this is a bunch of jargon. I don't understand. Let me just... I don't even want to ask questions on top of and say thank you, bye bye. I'm going to move out of it, right? So I think those are two. Those are some ways that I've. I'm sure there are better ways out there, but some quick ways to check your articulation against uh, the quality, uh, you know, scale. <laughs> uh, are you able to get the folks interested to go all the way to the end and ask you the ask you the questions? Sorry, yeah, ask you questions again on top of it. Yeah. So I think uh, on the. Uh short form or the uh, document that actually excites people uh, i think uh, prs pr press releases uh, and faqs mm -hmm. i think that's a good uh, template to follow i think that's yeah. something uh, that was widely followed at Swiggy and which mm -hmm. uh, all the focus was always to uh, excite people around this and then the prds and the long form documents followed uh, the pr oh yes that's a, that's a great that's a great um, backwards approach you first publish something which will make sense to the world and then you derive from it. Exactly. That's, that's a fantastic one. So Nimit, uh, uh, what are your three superpowers? <laughs> sure. I think um, my primary superpower is I'm able to build a story around any context, right? Any product, any situation. I'm able to build a narrative which, which is able to grip people, uh, which is able to get them curious and just you know, uh, if not buy into my perspective, at least listen to my perspective. So I think that's that. I'm able to stitch facts into a story. Uh, so I think that's one skill I'm <laughs> pretty proud about. Uh, the second um, superpower is, uh, I think it's a recent one that I've slowly built up, which is uh, be able to, um, uh, there's something called radical candor. It's, it's, it's a framework for how do you give people feedback uh, but still be assertive about your feedback, right? Uh, so I think um, here I'm able to help people with, you know, focused feedback, hard feedback even, but stitch it in a way that they don't take it as um, critique. They take it as nuggets that can help them move forward. So without without uh, breaking my relationship with them or without making them feel, oh, you know what, now I probably won't want to have a beer with him this Friday, right? So I think that's the second piece um, uh, that's out there. Uh, the third one is, uh, uh, yeah, I think being able to, um, and, and that's, I think it's, it's the outcome of my startup days, being able to strike a chord with people who are not nowhere near the tech and product space, right? So let's say a, a, a sales team person or a support team guy, uh, I'm able to, um, I feel I'm able to strike a chord with them very quickly. 
uh, generally they end up feeling a bit walled or they have this thing that oh product people tech people they are like big guys and they may not listen blah blah, blah. but i think uh, over time i've i've realized how do you talk to these folks so that they one feel heard but they still don't feel that they can overpower me they they can't instruct me what to do but they still feel heard so i think building that channel that rapo with the folks who are very far away from the day to day in the product and tech space i think uh, yeah i think that's that's been a fun one so, uh, is that because you are uh, you have high empathy towards the work that you do uh yes yes deep down in my head uh, now that you ask this i've never thought about this 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 lens but deep down i think i i think of their work as super valuable even more valuable than you know pms that way hey they're keeping the org running they're keeping the ship run actually running on the ground so i think um, i'm able to see the true value of you know their their effort and the struggles and so our conversation is around that hey you i'm going to listen you just tell me what your struggle is because okay. you're not just doing a supporting act you're actually doing the key mm-hmm. act keeping things running right so i think yeah that's that's uh, interesting you ask that that's a that's a common piece that we kind of find a yeah, you know fitment on got it. so so st- story storytelling building relationships high empathy and i think i would like to add uh, being a team player or uh, probably a company first uh, employee uh, so that's something uh, i am able to infer from the conversations right where you mentioned that you always kept the company first and whatever the company did be it uh, doing the ic work or the ground work i think you are always up for it so i think that's the good uh, i think uh, most of the companies would be happy to have you uh, <laughs> yeah i mean small correction there though i i uh, it's actually not it's the superpower also as a curse which yeah. is more than company first i end up being mission like you know what is your overall mission right let me first focus on that for that even i have to raise down someone for the good of that mission sure you know uh, uh, let's do that uh, not not raise down you know but uh, what i mean is if they are able to take very hard calls or take mm-hmm. things which may not be very pleasant um, right i think i go by the, or pleasant in the sense that oh, i have to take off i have to i cannot i have to part ways or mm-hmm. i have to ask someone to step down for a bit i think that's that's the way i go with people who company focus they look at oh how do the politics work and everything i am not able to dig i am able to understand that but somehow i end up getting biased by hey by goal kya hai what's what you going after if if you're not going after towards it let's fix it otherwise disappoint <laughs> i think i think every company actually needs that person who brings everyone back to the point saying yeah uh, let's let's focus on the vision let's focus on what we are actually uh, here to solve right so in day to day people sort of start uh, forgetting ki what actually uh, was the main yeah, job, right? so, exactly yeah i have been that you just get comfortable with that busyness uh, to just ship things and you forget the bigger bigger uh, Well, I think it, it goes back to your uh, yeah. uh, entrepreneurial real kida uh, right so i think <laughs> I, i don't think it's going to go ever away and it should not i think that's a really <laughs> difficult one but yeah it's yeah it's a good one i guess in the long term so what next navit what are you up to uh, next um i think what's next is uh, um i'm expecting to be appearing soon So, oh, uh, congratulations! Congrats. Thanks, thanks. So I'm, I'm, I'm 
planning to take a bit of a break um, from work and then figure out what to do next. So yeah, next couple of months, uh, uh, I'm most likely gonna uh, wrap things up, uh, the current uh, uh, you know engagement, uh, and then take a break and then figure out what's next uh, towards the end of the year. So yeah, that's it. Nice, <laughs> nice. Congratulations, congratulations, man. Thank you. So I, I mean that that was one of the questions that I wanted to um, ask right in yeah. the beginning. I think uh, uh, you you have taken breaks. Uh, I mean earlier too. Now, uh, how do you get to take that big decision? Because for for many, mm-hmm. uh, it's about you know keeping the fire burning at home, sure. um, ensuring sure. that you don't have a break in your career. But um, sure. I see that you're not like that. So <laughs> that's a fantastic question. I think you're the first one who has noticed that piece uh, so far, Krishna. Uh, but see, my um, for good or the worse, I have been a bit very bit decisive on when it comes to these things, right? Um, if there's a fitment, go for it, go all in. Like big basket, one of those times I could have easily stayed six years there, right, and would not blink once. Uh, Tata's came in, I think, seeing a different story, but um, I'm very decisive that way. Um, I think you have a short period of time, right? Let's say I have, let's say, until my mid 30s to play around and figure out what's the one thing or two things which define my long term arc, right? Uh, from a professional perspective, from a wealth creation perspective, whatever it is. So I think I, I index on that. Thankfully, I do not have enough responsibilities at home financially that I would think twice about it. Right, uh, 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 but keeping a fire burning and everything. Um, so I think a decent cushion all the time to take those calls, and um, uh, thankfully things have turned out well. Like you know, I take that leap, and then um, interesting people, uh, you know, uh, uh, network and figure out something interesting to work on. My engagement super helpful on that front throughout, uh, for that matter. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's a function of. Uh, um, you know, um, but I've not never been like this. Like before my before I started, I think my could remember I was not as extrovert or decisive or aggressive, right? I've been a little nerdy. Hey, just taking a sit on a corner, just keep doing your st- stuff throughout. Right. I think the startup journey taught me that hey, you need to take you should take a call when you have enough information to take that call, right? Just 80% information and take that call. Because uh sunk cost is a real thing. Uh, the more you sit on it, the more you get comfortable with it, and then you'll never take that call, right? So thankfully, this has served me really well throughout. Uh, one other piece that has helped is uh, I always have some of the other consultancy engagements running on. So there's something consultancy or uh, recently I started being an instructor at A Tribe. So I think something keeps going on, which kind of you know keeps the not for the amount of capital it brings in, but just keeps me engaged. From um, you know, okay, doing something which brings in whatever money, right, onto the table. So I think those months, lull period is not very scary. Hey, I have nothing to do. I don't know what to do in my life. So something going on that helps. Plus, the whole decisiveness about hey, mid thirties se pehle figure out what you want to do, right? Post that, you obviously I have to be much, much, much care- more careful about my moves. Uh, but I think that's that's the framework I've been using. Yeah, uh, yeah. You have some time left. Why don't you take the call if once you are confident about it, and just uh, let the universe figure out. And uh, one last thing is, thankfully, all the 
hiring managers or recruiters or whoever i've met after the journey they've been very understanding i mean that wasn't the case i would say back in 2014 ish people would look at this as a black eye people this would come as a black eye hey why did you leave what were you doing for three months right uh, but now i think folks have started understanding the rationale for why you took off from a certain setting or why you pursued something out of your passion or whatever so i think all of that has helped um in taking this call not easy course for sure and not everyone can take this course um uh given the circumstances but i've been lucky in that regard i would say <laughs> awesome namit i mean i've um, i've also seen candidates who um, go this way right um they are either all in or they are out and yeah. probably yeah. that's the change that you're seeing in the industry because uh, if i want something to be done and then if i get a person um who showing this kind of decisiveness then i know that if i can convince him to join okay. he'll, he'll he'll ensure that he meets the goal right so absolutely. i think uh, absolutely that's spot the, on yeah. spot on <laughs> cool with so i think uh, how can people reach out to you and what what are your key interests i think most of the people would have be happy to have a conversation with you and engage with you in say next couple of months uh, i think linkedin is best i'm super active yes, there yes. um i think that's the best way and uh, yeah yeah i think that's that's how it is cool thanks a lot namit it was a wonderful experience talking <laughs> with you hey likewise i think i think retrospected a lot introspected a lot in <laughs> <laughs> the conversation so thanks for that if you like this podcast then do share it and you can reach out to us at productmanagement0100@gmail.com or you can find us on twitter at pm_journey